Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi guys, and welcome back to another new episode of Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am just so glad you're here. Honestly, I'm really, really glad you're here today because this was probably one of my very favorite conversations I have had on the podcast to date. And if you think I say that all the time, I don't know if I do, but I really, 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 really mean it. And before I even get to that, because I'm jumping ahead, I want to remind everybody that I am a therapist and I do therapy and that is my job. However, this podcast is not therapy. This podcast is just a way for me to help create more meaningful conversations out in the world that can help encourage you guys to have meaningful conversations within your own relationships and within yourself that can help you live the fullest life, the life that you were created to live. Now with that, I mean, oh, I'm so excited. I can't, I'm like, don't even know how to talk or like what words to say. <laughs> but this episode, I have my new friend Chase Locke on and he might be a familiar name to some of you who might listen to my friend Amy's podcast, Four Things with Amy Brown. Chase has been on that podcast before many times, and that's how I first was introduced to him. And I'm telling you guys, this human is the type of human you want to know. It, it, this human is the type of human you want to have conversations with. He is the real deal. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. I say this was one of my favorite conversations because it was one of the most vulnerable and it was one of the most real and it was just, it was like a soul giving conversation. You know, when like you really feel like somebody is being honest and truthful and vulnerable, it feeds your soul just as much as it might feed that person's soul who is opening up. And that's what this is. And so this is kind of like a real life example of why being vulnerable is worth it, right? It offers connection and it. it brings people together and we were created, we literally were created the way we were created to connect with other people and this is a great way to do it. We talk about so much and up top I want to say 
thank you times 400 million trillion 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 to Chase for allowing us to have this conversation because I don't think it was easy. I mean, I do not think that talking about some of the stuff that we talked about was easy, not just because Chase is a guy and we talk about that and we talk about emotions and being a guy, but because he gets super vulnerable and allows the truest forms of himself to show up. And I'm honored, one, that I was able to like be in that conversation and he trusted me with that. It's just good. So I'm just going to stop talking about how good it is. And I'm going to say thank you, Chase, for doing this and, and being yourself. And just like I said about Max last week, thank you for allowing yourself to choose yourself and allowing yourself to choose the fullness of you with all of it. Because you did that, then I get to experience you too. And and the world would feel the loss if they didn't get to feel the fullness of you. And I believe that for all of us. And so again, thank you, Chase, for allowing yourself to choose yourself fully. So then we get to experience it and we get to experience this conversation, which I know people are going to lean into. I know it's going to open up the ability for others to feel comfortable and give others permission, even though we don't need permission to be themselves as well. It's just going to do a lot of things. It's going to do a lot of good. So thank you for being with me in this conversation. And thank you guys for being here and listening to it. If you have any questions for Chase or for me or for anybody that I can have answer around this conversation, go ahead and send them my way, Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. And I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed being in it. Here is my conversation with my friend Chase. All right, guys, we have my very new friend Chase here. And I'm really excited to talk. Well, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited to talk to you for multiple reasons. There's a million things that we might get to, but I was sitting here thinking, this is, I was just telling you this, how do I want to start this conversation? Do I want it to go here? Do I want it to go there? And this is where I landed in the sense that I've heard you on Amy's podcast, Amy Brown. For those of you who don't know who that is, you should know who that is. Go follow her at Radio Amy and go listen to her podcast, Four Things with Amy Brown. That's how I discover who you are because you would be on her at the time it was called Fifth Thing and you would answer questions with her. Uh-huh. And I remember hearing you talk and I'm like, he just sounds emotionally connected to like himself and the world. That's really cool. So I'm sitting here thinking about that because that's kind of my first impression of you, even though I had never met you. So I'm sitting here thinking and it hit me like that's kind of a weird thought to have that I'm surprised that somebody would be connected and emotionally, I guess, intelligent. For me, it comes back to, oh, that was a guy. That was a, a man who sounded super connected and was willing. And I can't remember what the questions were that you were talking about. Yeah. But you were willing to, on a public, very public platform, talk about emotions and feelings I don't think you gave details of anything, but it was like that. That's what you were talking about. I'm sure she was talking about therapy or something, authenticity. And so that's kind of where I want to start with like, for you, what is that even like to hear me be like, oh, I'm surprised that like a guy would be like that? Because what I make up in that is that that's my bias of men aren't supposed to do that, even though I want them to. And I think that women I hear so often my side of the street of women saying like, oh, men are so this or that, or they're not, I can't connect to them or whatever. And in my head, it's not that you don't have the emotions that I have or the ability to to lean into that. It's that you're taught different things about those. So that is a long winded way to ask a (laughs) non-direct (laughs) question. 
<laughs> because I am assuming you are connected based on what I know. And what has that been like for you? And has it always been that way? So I think in order to answer that question, which we'll probably have to peel back some layers because it kind of is a loaded question. My faith is really important to me. And Sometimes it's hard to explain this because I think people kind of think I'm crazy when I say it, but of course I don't care because it's uh, the truth. But like my earliest memories in life are knowing this presence of God in my life. And I say that not being like, we didn't go to church on a regular basis. We were a family of believers, but I come from a ranching family. They worked a lot. And so we didn't get up like we were the kind of people that went to church on Christmas, Easter, all the holidays. Mm -hmm. But that's just like my earliest memory of like God's presence in my life, like at a very, very young age. And so I feel like I've always known who created me and what I was created for. And mm -hmm. I think that like is the starting point for everything for me. I mean, you know, as we've talked, there's a lot of things that have happened and kind of like unfolded throughout my life that have maybe made me question that at times, yeah. but like that voice and that being inside me is just, it's the most real thing in my life. And it has been since, since day one. And again, I know that's kind of odd to say, but like, I have a lot of memories as a child, but like the earliest memory I can actually like track back to was that feeling of just God being in my life. I don't think that sounds odd. Well, I, I think sometimes when I talk about it, like, is that early memory, you know? Yeah. Maybe I guess I'm overthinking it, but. To me, I'm like, that sounds very cool because I, I talk a lot about how like therapy and, and the work that I do with clients and, and myself, it's about creating a deeper connection between ourselves, God and others. And so right. I will say this to everybody listening. My God doesn't have to be your God. That's not the point, but a higher, a, a being higher than you. you a connection that is higher than you can really even comprehend. And I think that's the basis of a lot of things that like, it, and I, so what I hear when you say that is like, I have been connected to that, which has allowed me to show up the way I was created to show up versus I'm trying to connect to this outside world. Yeah. So I grew up on a ranch in Southeast Kansas. I have two incredible parents who are both ranchers. My dad's a cowboy. I have three brothers who are all cowboys. I'm the one who definitely- I was gonna say, and then what are you? And then I'm, I'm the one that just <laughs> wanted to do his own thing. Uh, but I'm so grateful to have come from that lifestyle because it really, like in those early years, we were outside and it was a lot of me in nature with just this really vivid imagination and playing that like, I think just really nurtured a lot of that and allowed me to be in a space yeah. to maybe feel and see things a little bit different than other kids. Yes. And because I, and I'm imagining like somebody who's growing up in like a city or whatever, yeah. doing whatever, they have a lot of different experiences and their lifestyle is completely different where you're more connected with like the earth. Yeah. Like literally totally. you're connecting to the earth, you bet. which is like a way to connect to God or a higher power. And so you're, that is just one way to start that. Yeah. Can you tell me, because I have no, know nothing about ranching. Yeah. What is that whole lifestyle? How, how might that be different than a, somebody who like me, who's growing up in a suburb of Nashville? No, totally. I, I yeah. think I'll try to answer that as best as it was like pertained to me growing up and even like it is today now. It is a very beautiful lifestyle, like in the way that it's a supportive community. It's very family centered, you know, like there's a simplicity about it. 
they are incredibly hard workers before the sun comes up, the sun goes down, like truly all those things you kind of hear stereotype are often true. And they really do like they, they value their work and their stewardship of the earth and of life, you know, and animals and all of that, you know, with that, like in hindsight, I think what maybe made it tough for me in some of the things that I kind of maybe experienced growing up was it is kind of like put some dirt on it, you know, and get on with it or like pull up your boots, just keep rolling. Not so much like toughen up because there is a space to be somewhat vulnerable, but it is kind of like, you don't talk about a lot. Maybe I think that would be typical to say in a lot of ag families that I I would, and again, I'm assuming, but there's probably not a lot of like deep conversation outside of kind of the day to day. And it's very based on tradition as well. That's important. I think. Okay. Okay. I want to know for you how that really affected the way you saw the world relationships yourself beliefs in general, because with that segue of we don't talk a lot about a lot yet, I'm very connected and I'm feeling I'm experiencing I'm all the I have emotions and I'm aware of them as a human. What I know about you so far, based on other conversations, is you did experience a lot growing up and you did experience things that you would consider trauma as a kid. Yeah, you and I kind of talked about this and it's interesting because, you know, I identify that trauma and started to work through that like recently. So when I was in probably second or third grade, we moved to town because having three brothers, we were starting to get more involved in sports and extracurricular activities. And our parents wanted us to be, you know, where we could ride our bikes to friends' houses and just kind of be easier to get around versus being outside of town and disconnected from everything. So it was in the third grade that we had a, a friend that was kind of one of the popular ones, came from like an affluent family, and a house that you would typically see a lot of people at. And in this environment, I was exposed to a ton of very, a lot of pornographic images and videos and all of that, and very graphic. It wasn't like finding, you know, your dad's Playboy or something like that. Like it, it was a whole different deal. But in that, so there was a situation where there was production of pornographic images. And again, we're talking children. And all of this led me kind of to become sexually active at a young age. And it was confusing. Like it was, it was very confusing in hindsight. And what made it all that much more confusing was church. And I I say this, I love the church. I love what church should be. I have a wonderful church with Life Church and a great pastor and Craig Rochelle. But at the time, I remember probably sixth grade going to a service and the pastor talking about sin and heaven and hell. And it was a Baptist church, you know, and, and great people. I want to stress that. Like it, there was no bad intention, but talking about, you know, the sexual sins and sex before marriage and all these things. And I remember identifying, like having the realization as a child, like, oh no, like I've sinned and I might be going to hell. Like, and then it was like this instant shame. So I think probably there was some shame associated with what happened in the actual situation. But then there was also the shame that I really started to feel started at church. And it was probably 
where the narrative and everything gets confusing for me, because again, going back to this, like my earliest memories are like feeling God's presence in my life and knowing what that is, like feeling very confident what that is. And then all of a sudden this place that teaches you about God and it's like the home to God is telling me something different. And I'm thinking it just made me question everything. And so it kind of like from that moment, I would say was like the ball started rolling down the hill and it was like a sticky ball that just started picking up things, you know? And it was like over the years, just this narrative because I, I, I kept, I didn't tell anybody. You didn't tell anybody ab about what you were feeling and what you experienced. Both. Yeah. I didn't say anything okay. to anyone. Later on, some things came to light that revealed some of the situation when I was asked about it directly, I denied and said I wasn't a part of anything. How old How old were you when that happened? Maybe a freshman in high school. Do you remember what you were feeling and what it urged you to say I, I wasn't involved? Two things. One, like I, I was definitely putting that stuff in a box. I didn't want to remember or process any of it. And also second, and I think this is part of the reason when you and I had talked before, I was... I was unsure on how much of this I wanted to share. I'm very comfortable sharing it, but I said no because I wasn't touched. And so I was like, well, no, I wasn't affected. I was never physically touched by anybody. So therefore I wasn't a victim in anything. So I said no, and that was the truth because that's how I thought abuse or anything like that. Yeah. And so I say that because I think it was just a few years ago. I mean, it was really recent that I started to unpack this and really let it go. I, I had done some work a while ago, but honestly, it was Dax Shepard. I love his podcast. And he talked about being, you know, molested as a child, which again, that was not my situation. But it was when I it was like the first time I had the realization, like the first time in my life that like, Chase, you were a kid, like you were a little boy when that happened. But like, as you take that narrative with you, you just assume that's what happened then and that's who you are now. Like you're still that little kid and you think that as an adult, I'm still broken and I make bad decisions and I screw but up. But here's the, here's the thing, and we, I wanna unpack this with you because yeah. I mean, there's 17 things firing off in my head as you speak. And one is you're gonna have no idea how many people have experienced a similar situation and still haven't gotten to the point that you've gotten to. So I am already immensely grateful that somebody's going to hear this because this is scary to talk about publicly. So I just have to say that when you experienced whatever you experienced and then you acted out in whatever way and then you went to church and you start feeling all this shame. The thing about our development and how we process things is a lot of times we think very we're very egocentric. So we think very us based, right? So sometimes that's good. A lot of times that's not so great because what I hear you saying is I put what the church is saying together with what I have done in my life and I make those choices that I am now in my head because of the church categorizing as bad or wrong about me being bad or wrong. Yeah. And there lies the shame. I'm not talking about this. Yeah. Then when you are approached about something happening, it's still that narrative like that. I wasn't affected by that one because like, I think there's a part of you that's like, I don't want it. I don't want that to have affected me because that's tough and hard. But two, because you really didn't think that that had anything to do with anything mm -hmm. when that probably couldn't be further from the truth. And I'm, I'm saying this with the assumption that this is something that you've learned through processing this. 
as a kid, you're also so open to what life is telling you about the world. You are like a blank slate and your environment teaches you what to do, what's normal, what's not normal. Your environment, from what I'm hearing, showed you things that you probably developmentally should not have been experiencing until later in life. Totally. How the hell would you know as a little kid that that's not right if there were people in your life telling you that it was? Yeah. Does that make sense? No, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and I say that not to like yell at you, but to no, say like, I, how, I would you, how would you know? Like how would a little kid? I don't have a lot of regrets. Yeah. I think the one thing I, if I had maybe regret isn't the right word, but I wish I had given my parents the opportunity to like, I mean, help me through it. What is coming up in that? Well, I just, you know, I had made the assumption early on, like we don't talk about a lot. And so I'm not going to tell them. And also like, and it's probably a product of this, but I'm a pretty independent person and I kind of like to take care of myself. And then you put this and a lot of things. It just, again, kind of snowballed over time in that narrative that really made me like suck at trusting people. And I want to say too, real quickly, and I don't feel like I got to defend my parents because they're the most freaking incredible human beings ever. But they both went through traumatic experiences of their own as children. Like my dad's dad was killed in a horse accident when he was eight years old. My grandmother didn't process that and honestly probably still hasn't a lot of it. And my mom's mom, so my grandmother, her mother was murdered, which caused a different. So like not to unpack all that, but I'm just saying yeah. they, in their defense came from households that probably didn't talk about a lot of things as well. Now in that, there are some really amazing people like my great grandparents on both sides, my mom's grandmother, my dad's grandma and grandpa were angels of a different world. <laughs> but I also just heard you say though, when you said, I wish my parents, I would have let my parents help me. What I'm assuming what you mean is that if I would have told them, they would have been there. Yeah, yeah. As an adult, I see that. I think yeah. at the time, you just assume, and maybe we also were a household, again, kind of speaking to the lifestyle of maybe our family dynamic. We didn't have a lot of rules. You didn't get grounded. You didn't have curfews. It was very much a respect thing. Like you didn't want to let your parents down. You know, if they say home, be home at a decent time, you're home at a decent time. And so the worst thing you could do really was let your parents down. And I think I never wanted to say anything because I didn't want them to, you know. That's the point I think I was trying to make there is like you just saying like, I didn't want to let my parents down. I didn't want to make this a thing. The shame was so big for you as a little kid in your head. It's like, I'm bad. I've done something wrong. You have no fault or blame for this thing or whatever this thing is that you're saying that yeah. that is bad or wrong but that's what i'm saying and that's the point that like as a little kid you've made this all about you and the shame has been so big that i'm going to shut it down when if you spoke about it your parents would have supported you yeah totally i don't think that's a gender thing i think that's a, a cultural and yeah. it's a thing of like if i show up with my stuff i'm going to let you down and what I think you're learning is that that wasn't me. That wasn't my fault. Totally. That little, however old, how old, 13, 14. Yeah. When I was probably that, asked the question. Yeah. It's like yeah. that kid was innocent and scared. Yeah. Again, it was 
connecting back to however old you are when you're in third grade, like, and, and all of that, yeah. you know, to kind of, I don't want to jump the gun, but as it snowballed, I just put it away. And I was like, well, it's done. Cause here's another piece of it. Eventually the adult involved, you know, had passed. And so there really was this kind of it's done. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Anyways, as time went on, I think it affected definitely relationships, like in a big way early on. Because first off, too, not to be too graphic, but you go into, you know, puberty and then thinking sex is what you see in that pornography and those images. Like it's not intimacy. I mean, there's a huge disconnect right there alone. And I don't know. It, it made me trusting people a little bit more difficult. Can I stop you for a yeah. second? Yeah, yeah. You mentioned very earlier, and I think this is something a lot of people go through and why a lot of people don't process or talk about things that they've been through that maybe were traumatic, is that I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to relive that. I don't. It's in the past. It's done. The thing is, it, it was in the past, but it also for you was it very much in the present because what you had learned based on xyz was affecting you and your relationships today and you didn't know that that stuff was connected and that just built a deeper sense of shame about this is a me thing i can't connect emotionally intimately physically like those things and so i just want to take a moment to say like that's the point and that is such a beautiful example of i hear all the time why do we have to talk about that like i'm it's over i'm like because it's not over yeah. You're living out the lessons that you that you learned through that. Not your faults, but we have to talk about it so we can unlearn that stuff. I want to hear about like how in your relationships as you're growing and and you're dating or doing whatever, how is that showing up for you and getting in your way? Well, I think it's first off just completely allowing myself earlier on to be vulnerable. I mean, I think that's something we all can relate to. I think that's 
Colin. I don't know if this answers the question, but it just continued to snowball to where I probably started to overcompensate in ways like where I wanted to be the one to fix your problems, you know? And I learned like fast forward, you know, I ended up deciding like my health was a huge piece in helping get better, like working out and physically being active, allowed my brain to balance and, and rest. But it was my trainer who ended up becoming like one of my best friends who looked at me and he was like, you really suck at listening. You know that? And I was like, what? You know, and of course I get defensive. I'm like, no, no. But it was in that epiphany, like I look back in hindsight and I really did. Like I was the one that I probably sucked at just listening, but I was quick to say, this is what we can do. This is how we can solve it. This like not wanting to necessarily control or take the lead, but I wanted to solve your problems and help you. And I'd say too, like I have a very, I believe my life in service of others is like the ultimate goal. Like I selfishly get a lot of gratitude after seeing other people, you know, win and reach their highest potential. So like all that together, it was just- What did it do for you to be the fixer? I mean, I was for one focusing on their problems and helping them solve it and not look at my own. Like it helped me to focus on their issues and how do we make things better for them? without having to maybe look at it for myself and not letting anyone else, again, kind of going back to my parents, but anyone else thereafter in enough to maybe help me. That's a beautiful way to avoid, deflect, project. You did all, you did all the defense mechanisms. Oh, that. yeah. Isn't that a, a, I don't know what the right word is, a pretty way to shove your stuff away? Because if you're the helper, you're also like a good guy. Yeah. And I want to say like, just in full transparency, that was definitely the outward scenario. And that, that was how I was doing it. There were things that over time were so, somewhat self-destructive in how I was dealing with it just on me. Like it didn't affect necessarily anyone else, but you know, I went through a point where all of a sudden I was eating a ton. So I'd put on weight and then it was like, I become addicted to running and I cut weight really quick. And then that eventually morphed into, I started to drink. I was drinking too much. And it was the kind of drinking where you're having like some whiskeys by yourself every night, not necessarily getting wasted and going out, but just a little numbness. Yeah. But it almost concerned me more because I was just doing it on my, like, there was no social aspect. And yeah. so there, there have been, again, periods throughout, especially my early to mid twenties, where I was numbing things in different ways. And I think that's where, for me, it was honestly, there was also kind of an epiphany last year. Of course, the pandemic allowed us a lot of time with ourselves to maybe look back and reflect. And we had done, I shouldn't say we, Amy did a podcast with uh, Dr. Beverly Tatum, who's the president of Spelman College. She wrote a book, Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria, which was a big bestseller. And she had come on after the George Floyd video was released. And we were talking about race relations in America. And she had said, you know, it's not about what everyone needs to learn. It's about what we need to unlearn. And I just remember taking that to heart in terms of what we were talking about, but also just in my own life. And it was like, I keep trying to find a solution and find something that's going to fix it, or I'm going to learn how to make it all work. And it's like, no, I need to just really backtrack and unlearn it and like release it. And like, 
clarify the narrative. The only way for you to unlearn that is to pay attention to it. Yeah, which that's where I think me being somewhat connected and pretty self-aware has allowed me to get to this point. God's timing, it's all such a beautiful thing because there was a point earlier on where I thought, you know, I'd probably end up settling down, doing family and kids earlier on, that kind of stuff. And I'm 33 now. And if that happens, when that happens, I'm very content either way. I'll be so much better for it. I could almost cry just thinking about how grateful I am of like where things are at now. And also a lot of that journey. Like I hate that that again happened to like the little boy that I was and that I more so allowed that to just domino into this ongoing narrative. Cause that's what, what I think the real trauma or impact was on me. Of course, what happened was unfortunate, but I think it was the things that followed and the narrative that was built in those very formative years of my mind as a young kid that just, I just carried and I put it in a box and I, I carried it too long. And and no doubt there's still things that I unpack and work through. And at times I have to remind myself, I have lived a very, very like blessed life. There has been more good than there has been bad in my life. I joke like my cup runneth over. I hesitate to say this because I know for so many people, 2020 was terrible. Mm -hmm. I ended up in this really beautiful situation where we had just experienced a tornado in East Nashville. Were you living here? Yeah, I was living in East Nashville and I was going to be moving to New York City mid-March. And so the movers had come, the pandemic conversation was kind of heating up. And anyways, I was going to drive back to Kansas with my things to put a lot of it in storage because a lot of it wasn't going to go to New York. So I'm driving back on a Thursday with a flight to move to New York City on Tuesday. And it's when I'm driving back to Kansas, my best friend calls, who's a coach at George Washington University, that same trainer who told me I suck at listening. And he said, they just walked out on the baseball field and told all the athletes to go back, get their things and go home. The season's over, like abruptly, like mid-practice, there was no meeting, no closure. And so I'm like thinking, oh, wow, this is really heating up. And then it was like within a few days, things just start to shut down. So all that to say, I was very fortunate to have a few days on my side where I ended up being quarantined at that ranch I grew up on because my parents had moved back out there for most of last year and I worked remotely. And so that time really allowed me the ability to probably like process and, and really clean up the narrative and to be in a place again, like that's the same place where like my earliest memory is like God's presence in my life. That's cool. Because also what has been taken away is the distraction of, of life. Of like we've taken these distractions away. You can either keep doing the whack-a-mole thing of this, drinking, running, working out, work, this, that, or you can settle down. Yeah. Pay attention to what actually is going on. Acknowledge all of the things and then work on a healing process. Which that sounds like it's what you did. Yeah, totally. And then that's where I just, I, I couldn't, 
be more grateful for that time and that time with my family. Like it was just great. And you know, I want to say this because I feel like a lot of people feel that way of like, it's so hard if like the pandemic wasn't the worst thing for me. And I get that. And I appreciate the the care behind it. You can be grateful for the outcome of a situation without being grateful for the situation. I don't think you would say, oh, that was so wonderful. I'm so glad the pandemic happened and all these people died and all these people lost their jobs, but I succeeded. That's not what you're saying. You're not saying I'm grateful for the pandemic. You're saying I'm grateful for the outcome that I am now sitting in. And those are two very different things. And I am in that with you. And I think a lot of people are, and a lot of people are afraid to say that. So thanks for saying that. Well, and thank you for saying that as well, because you worded that perfectly. Thank you. Okay. So full circle, you're in your healing, you're doing the work, you're shifting the belief systems, all of that. If you could go back, you can choose either third grade chase or freshman in high school chase. And you could say whatever you wanted, but it was coming from you, the adult chase, who's really doing the work and learning to like, appreciate you, your story and who you are, who would you go back to? And what would you go back to? to that person and say, or if you want to do both, you can talk to both of those people. I think I would say probably the same thing to both. This wasn't your fault. And that voice inside of you that you've always known, trust that before you trust the voices of this world, if you will, the things you hear on the outside. I know too, and all of that, like, Again, that's what the push and pull of it, why it made it so tough is I felt one thing on the inside, but then things on the outside were making me feel this shame. So I would just really stress that this isn't your fault. This isn't your outcome. The best is yet to come. And and yeah, trust that voice inside because it's the one thing that you've known for sure since day one and you've never yeah. yeah strayed from. I'm so glad you said that, both of those things. But that second part of if trust that voice. Now, it's, I know I said that was going to be how we're going to end it, end this. But now I have another question. No, for you. That's cool. Why do you think I want to know your opinion? Why do you think it's so hard to trust ourselves in the insides of us in those moments? Because it becomes a what I hear to be true in me. And then I see this. Why do you think there's such a inclination to lean out of ourselves and into what the world is saying instead? Well, I mean, I think that we're seeing that play out in the world today more than ever, especially with this pandemic, like we were just talking Mm -hmm. about, like you struggle and you question things you can't see. You know what I mean? Like we like definitive and like someone Mm -hmm. telling us what it is or being able to see it with our own eyes. And I think when you have someone in front of you saying one thing, it makes you pause, especially as a kid, you know, I just can't stress that enough. Like you just like trusting that voice inside to me, that's, that is God. That is the alpha and the omega, like the Mm -hmm. thing that created me. And I have always felt like in that there's a light that burns inside me and it's my job to just fan the flame and try to make it burn as bright as it can be. I don't know. Like it is, it's tough to kind Mm -hmm. of sort that out when you're, you're weighing the two, but I'm also someone as a kid that had a big imagination and loved like NASA and dinosaurs. And you were talking kind of, you know, mm-hmm. as you look at faith in therapy, like some people say, well, this explains this and that explains that and this. And I'm like, that's just still 
the beauty of God's work and creation to me, you know, like yeah. unpacking. It. Oh, yeah. It's so big and vast and can't put limits on it. Because this is what I know. I know we do not need other people to agree with what we know to be true for it to be true. We don't need that. Yeah. We want it. Totally. We definitely want it, but we don't need it. I'm just going to share this because I love this story. Yeah, but please. And it's not my story. It's from uh, what's the movie? The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. One of my favorite scenes of any movie. This is it because it me it meant so much to me. And I just wish they knew that this part of the movie meant so much. But there's the part where what's the um? do you know what the son's name is? Oh, I, I, I can it. see him, but I can see him, too. Anyway, he was talking to Neil, the stepdad. Uh-huh. <laughs> He was like, your dad's not Santa Claus, blah, 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 like, whatever. You didn't go to the North Pole. And he, the kid was like, yes, I did. And he was like, prove it. You know what I'm talking about? He goes, prove it. And, and, or something like that. I'm probably butchering this. And uh, he said, well, have you ever seen a million dollars? And Neil said, no. And he said, well, do you believe in a million dollars? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, you don't always have to see something to believe it. And I remember exactly that part in the movie. That's so good. Yeah. I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, that was good. But like now as an adult, I'm like, exactly. There are so many things that we choose to believe and we can't see them or we don't have confirmation. But I know that's true. So I have the ability to trust other parts of myself too. Yeah. And to me, that's a good reminder. Just for me, the, the biggest thing is like the proof and all of that is like my life. And I truly, and I say, and I think that in everyone's story, you might not be able to see God. You might not be able to see what that voice is inside of you, but like I damn well can see it in other people. And I'm going to say this real quickly, not that you want me to turn the table, but like, I see it in you. And I really do. Like, I appreciate so much that you have been doing the work you're doing, that you're doing this podcast it's been super beneficial for me to listen in on other people's stories, to hear you talk about things. And so I just want to encourage you to keep up the good work and applaud you for doing that because there's Thank you. definitely something inside you that, you know, shines out on the rest of us. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that because I get the inner critic and the stuff inside my head too. And so I have to have reminders. So I do appreciate that a lot. Proud of you. Thank you. Well, I'm proud of you. This was a big deal. This conversation was a big deal. Well, and again, to that point, I felt comfortable doing it with you and because of all the work you've been doing and how you handle things with such grace. So happy to be here. Love, yeah. love, you need therapy. Maybe we can do a follow-up someday and dig into all the other things because I feel like you and I could go for like three more hours. That's literally <laughs> my problem every single episode. I'm like, okay, this could be four hours, but then people would stop listening to it and they wouldn't listen to all the good stuff. So we'll obvious, that's what I say almost at the end of every episode, we'll have you back because there's more to talk about. So totally. for sure. And if people want to send a question in, and this is to you guys, if you want to send a question in based on this conversation, or maybe a question for Chase, we can answer it on a Couch Talks episode on, on a Wednesday. Send those to me. And if there's one, I can run it by you, Chase, and, and maybe we could hop on a call quickly awesome. and, and do something like that. We have it too. Do 
You dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 